Hello, friends. Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie and Becky Holton, and today we want to answer the question, what is the role of biblical shepherds? That's right. Hi, everyone. You'll probably recall in last week's podcast, that was number 96, I think, we talked about the role of biblical elders. And some of our listeners have asked us, what is the role of elders? What am I supposed to be about? So last week, we briefly discussed what the Bible says about elders and and what elders in the New Testament, the first century churches did. That's right. And just by way of reminder, we said that New Testament elders gave counsel, they sorted out problems and settled disputes, and they made decisions for the good of the churches. Right, and that's just what they did in their role as elders. But elders wear, they wear a lot of hats, don't they? They do. They wear other titles that also describe their roles, right? That's right, they do. To introduce the idea that you just raised, honey, we should remember that in the New Testament churches, elders were also called shepherds and overseers. That's right. And all three titles referred to the very same office in the early church. For example, look at Acts 20. There, Paul asks the elders of the church in Ephesus to meet him in Miletus. That's verse 17 of Acts chapter 20. And after they meet him there, he addresses them and says of them, Keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own Son. That's verse 28. So from that passage in Acts chapter 20, we notice that Paul calls these elders overseers, and that one of their functions is to shepherd God's church. Yeah, and Peter made the same point that Paul made and uses the same language, if you remember. In First Peter 5, he exhorted the elders to tend the flock of God that is in your charge. Um, that's what I'd call shepherding language. And to exercise the oversight, that's what an overseer does. That's true. So when the New Testament refers to a particular office held in the early churches by naming elders, shepherds, or overseers, It is referring to the same office. Right. So last week, we talked about the role of elders, and this week, we are talking about their role as shepherds. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into what their role is if they are considering themselves shepherds. You got it. Okay. Well, this metaphor might be a bit unfamiliar to most of us, the shepherding metaphor. We may not have had much exposure or experience in the world of shepherding a flock, I wish we could call upon folks today who uh, were dear friends of ours in Roswell, New Mexico. You remember the Shanks? Oh, sweetest couple. Sweet, sweet couple. Well, they were they were sheep farmers, mm-hmm. sheep herders. They, yeah. they were shepherds. So yeah. they would know what it means to be a shepherd. But most of us, well, we're probably not too acquainted with that metaphor. No, we're not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You told me I couldn't do that. It slipped out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) I'll try to get this back on track here. Now, we may not be too familiar with what it means to be a sheep or a shepherd, but, of course, the work of shepherds was well-known in Bible times. So let's begin by saying that the work of shepherds in the New Testament, in the Old Testament anyway, the work of shepherds is to lead the sheep to water, and pasturage. Essentially, we are saying that their role 
was to feed the flock. Right, and I think probably the most familiar passage for all of us that may be jumping into our mind right now when we talk about sheep and shepherds is that well-known, beloved passage, Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Beautiful, beautiful illustration. And the psalmist, I think, is just saying he does not want or lack for anything because the Lord is his shepherd. He he knows where there is green pasture and pure water, and he leads his people there. And we also have from the prophet Jeremiah uh, something similar. It is, it's actually God speaking in chapter 3, verse 15, and he said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Good. I like that. Yeah. And here's one of the classic Old Testament passages on the role of a shepherd. It's Ezekiel 34, where God urges the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And here's what God says. Thus says the Lord God, Ah, you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. That's Ezekiel 34, verses 2 and 3. That's pretty straightforward. So if if we were to carry this metaphor over into the church, we would say then that it is the responsibility of the church's shepherds to make sure the church is fed, to make sure they feed on the Word of God, right? That's right. That's right. And this reminds me too, honey, of Ephesians 4, verse 11, where we learned that the gifts that Jesus gave to his church were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, pastors. Pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. And the construction of Ephesians 4, verse 11 indicates that the apostle Paul is talking about one and the same office when he says pastors and teachers. In other words, the pastors or the shepherds were the teachers. And by teaching, they fed the church. Right. So I've got a question for you. Oh, dear. (laughs) Does this mean that a church's elders should be doing most of the teaching in the church instead of a preacher, you know, say a preacher that they might hire? Because I do believe that in most churches today, the preacher or the minister does most of the teaching, most of the feeding. So are we saying that since they are shepherds, they should be doing most of the teaching? That's a good question. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I believe the scriptures teach that elders are responsible for ensuring that the church is fed. Good word. Mm -hmm. They can hire a preacher then to feed the church, as is often the case, but they are responsible for the feeding. They must make sure then that the preacher feeds the church a nutritious diet on the truths of God's word. So, no, this does not mean that elders must do most or all of the teaching or that they cannot hire someone to teach and preach for them. Now, having said that, it may be true that in most churches the elders have turned most of the teaching over to hired staff, and this is not a good thing in our opinion. Of course, preaching on Sunday morning or teaching a Sunday morning Bible class are not the only ways to teach. Elders can teach one-to-one, they can teach small groups, they teach by their example, according to 1 Peter chapter 5. But I think we could agree that 
they probably have turned too much of the teaching responsibility over to hired staff. Uh, on the other hand, their responsibility is just to make sure the church is fed. Right, right. I, I think what we want our listeners to hear is this. First of all, elders are responsible for ensuring that the church is fed. However, it needs to be fed in the best way. And the second thing is, is elders have not abdicated their responsibilities if they hire someone to teach and preach. But, number three, however, one of their chief roles is to teach and feed the flock. So they should not be turning over all of the teaching and feeding to others. You know, they just, they don't have to do all the teaching, but they have to be responsible to make sure that the teaching, the feeding that's going on is in actuality really feeding the church. Yes. It's really helping church members grow to become spiritually mature. In fact, I think it's really vital that shepherds, the elders are involved in conversations with their ministers uh, about the feeding of, of the church and hold the ministers accountable for deep, strong, good feeding. Yes, well, they have every right to suggest what should be taught to the church. And certainly, we would hope that they would work together as a team with right, the ministers. Right. But I think what we're saying here, too, is that the buck, the buck stops with them. Right. I mean, they have responsibility for the teaching and for what is taught. Right. Um, but they can still hire others to do some teaching. That's and, just that they're responsible. Yeah, and, and I would say most of the time they should hire someone because many elders are not trained and gifted at, at a lot of speaking and preaching and don't have the time to put into study that it takes to preach really good sermons and lessons that deeply feed people and help them to grow. But there just can't be that disconnect. Abdicate, I think, was the word you used earlier. Yeah. We hired them. They'll do it. We don't. We're, it's not on our. It's not up to us anymore. It really is to make sure they're being fed something that is nurturing and helps them to grow and isn't poisonous. Well, you know, one of the qualifications over in 1 Timothy 3 is that elders must be apt to teach. That's true. So uh, they must be able to teach. But I think you raise a good point that it's okay to hire someone who may be better trained and better equipped to do some of the teaching than, than elders. And and like we said, there are various ways to teach. You teach by your example. You you go to a family's home and you you uh, talk about the Word of God, and, and you actually teach in a home situation. So right. well, just I, teaching a Bible class on Sunday morning or preaching, those aren't the only ways to teach. Absolutely. We have made teaching that term too narrow Yes, for what it means. We think it has to be stand up in front of adults. Right. And that is just one of many, many ways that teaching is done. It is a very important way. And oftentimes it needs to be done by someone that is using the gifts God has given them. Not everybody has that gift, Mm -hmm. but I think the shepherds have to be responsible for what is being taught. So we agree on that. They're responsible. Yeah, they're responsible, and we also need to widen the definition of teaching. Good. What that means. Okay. Good. Well, on that note, let's move on to another function of shepherds. Okay. It is to protect the sheep against danger. And again, we might refer to Psalm 23 for this imagery where the psalmist says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Then the psalmist goes on to say, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. This shows that one of the jobs of a shepherd is certainly to keep the sheep safe, to keep them safe from predators. You know, Jesus was described as a good shepherd too. In John 10, where it says he lays down his life for the sheep. I love that picture there. You know, he didn't run away when he saw the wolf coming. Right. In fact, he got up and stood right in front of the sheep to protect them. He got in between the sheep and the wolf. Yeah, and I think, it, in the, isn't that also mentioned in John 10 that he's the gate? He yes. is the gate. So mm-hmm. he, he, he lays there at the entrance. Yeah. He, he's he's the guard. He's the guard dog, so right. to speak, the shepherd dog. The, you don't get past you, you don't get you don't past get, him. You don't get to the sheep unless you get past him. That's right. Good point. Good point. Well, again, if we were to carry this metaphor, honey, over into the church, I think we might go to Acts twenty to see what it means for an elder to protect God's people. Here is Acts twenty, verses twenty-eight through thirty. Keep watch over yourselves, Paul says to the elders at Ephesus, and over all the flock. One of the roles of an elder is to keep watch over the flock. And then Paul continues to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own son. Now, hear this as Paul continues the shepherd flock imagery. I know that after I have gone, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Some, even from your own group, will come distorting the truth in order to entice the disciples to follow them. What is dangerous to the flock? Well, we might say wolves. Well, who are the wolves? Well, according to this passage, those who would distort the truth, and some of those who would distort the truth can even be found in the eldership, who would lead people away. And we might say that the wolves are those who might be seeking a fan base of their own to get disciples to follow them. Well. That's pretty clear language there, calling out wolves. So we might say that one of the roles of elder shepherds is to protect God's people against false teachers, to guard the sheep, to keep watch over the health and safety of God's people. And that is so important, Very, especially these days. Hey, these are serious and very important yes, responsibilities to, to feed the church, to protect the church from danger. Uh, very important and very serious responsibilities. Well, hon, do we have time, you think, for uh, one more responsibility of a church's shepherds? I hope we do. I think we do. Um, And listeners, a third responsibility of a shepherd is to keep the sheep from straying. To hear this responsibility in passages um, that talk about how elders are to tend the flock, we can turn to passages like First Peter five two and Jeremiah twenty three one through four, and that last passage there in Jeremiah is very interesting because God says, "Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture," says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Mm. Mike, drop. Yeah, yeah. You have not attended to them. You have driven them away. Wow. Yeah. That's very pointed language. Yeah. Very, very serious. Yes. And when we think about tending the flock, what does that mean, to tend the flock? Uh, Listen to Ezekiel 34 again, verses 4 through 6, where God castigates the shepherds of Israel. Here's what he says. 
You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. God said, My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search or seek for them. That is such a powerful passage. And it's such a clear description of the kind of care and attention that shepherds need to lovingly and freely give to their flock, don't you think? Mm -hmm, I do. And so, you know, to make this very practical, we have heard of church leaders, for example, who made every effort to tend or care for or stay in contact with their people during the pandemic. They would call the members of their church to see how they were doing. We've had friends tell us they got texts all the time saying, let us know if there's anything we can do for you. They'd call them. They'd encourage them to participate in virtual Bible studies and worship. They would make sure they had what they needed, and especially that they were staying in touch with God. But sadly, we also heard of church leaders, elders who did not contact the members of the church, not even one time, in all of the 18 months of the pandemic. Isn't that sad? Mm -hmm. After reading Ezekiel 34, I wonder what God might say to those shepherds who made little to no effort to stay in touch with the members of their church family. Well, I think we know what he would say to them, don't I we? I do not think he'd be happy. I think he would rebuke them. They they were not tending the flock. No. They were allowing the sheep to scatter. Speaking of the pandemic, you know, that is really one of the most important things elders could have done for their church. Just Just stay in touch with the members. Just try to contact them. And today, there are so many ways to do that. A phone call, a text, an email. Right, I agree. And again, this discussion reminds me of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I'm thinking of Luke 15, where Jesus is called upon to defend the practice of welcoming and eating with sinners. Remember that? That story of the lost sheep as well? Which one of you, Jesus says, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Good shepherds. Well, any shepherd, really, is concerned about just one lost sheep. There may be, you know, 99 who are safe in the fold, but his concern is for that one lost sheep wandering around in the darkness without food. I'm glad you brought that story into this discussion. I think that's good. Well, hon, this podcast is probably getting a little long for what we prefer. Why don't we sum up and say goodbye until next time? Yes, it might be, but we'll say in wrapping this up, we have said that elders are also shepherds and that the work of shepherds is one, to lead the sheep to water and pasture to feed them, and two, to protect the sheep from danger, and lastly, three, to keep the sheep from straying, keep them close. And if we substitute God's people for the sheep, we would, I think we'd get the sense that elders are responsible for teaching God's people protecting God's people from false, narcissistic, egocentric teachers, and for tending or caring for God's people. Right. You know, the scriptures give elders a tall order, don't they? They really do. No doubt about it. They really do. To be an elder and a shepherd of God's church is a difficult and demanding assignment. But it's God's will that he has elders and shepherds to guide, lead, and protect his people. That's his will. And surely... He will provide the grace required 
to fill those roles. Absolutely. Um, Shepherds are not doing that job alone. They have God's special care. Well, friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope to return next week to another brand new episode of Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we understand that you church leaders today face many, many challenging situations that often leave you with more questions than answers. We're here to support you, to help you find answers to your questions, so you can be a more informed, more confident, and more effective church leader. May God be with you.